Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills, Gilbert. We are hostages of the basketball schedule because Cole and I were left behind as Zach and Ryan Gilbert got to make the the, the trip, the, the cherished trip, the one that we all fight over. We all want to go to Ames, Iowa in January for the weather, for the views. For our other sponsor, Poncheros, Mexican Grill, or whatever it is. For that. Yeah. But they didn't get back until... I don't even know when they got back. It's a pilgrimage. 3.30. Yeah, and then uh, Gil's got another job, which helps him stay here, so it's okay. Um, but here we are. It's Thursday, or but this is probably going up on Friday. Welcome to the podcast. I'm in an angry mood. This could get delightful. I'm not angry about the fridge, because I might be in there in a little while buying everything, all of it. What do you want, Fitz? I want it all. And I, do you want it now? And I want it now. We should write a song about that. <laughs> huh. Stop into the fridge whenever you're in town. And that includes, includes not includes, that's, that, you, you've got to have the in. I mean, you got exclude and include. You can't just clude. God, Cole, why do you let me do this stuff? It includes Saturday when you come to town for the Big 12 SEC Challenge. And I know everyone has their T-shirts all ready to go as we, you know, love the Big 12 SEC Challenge. It's something, frankly, kids talk about growing up that they want to see that crap. Florida coming to town, and uh, nothing makes me want to drink screwdrivers more than the Florida Gators. And Anita Bryant. That's an aged reference that only the olds will appreciate. Let's get on to your questions. I'm in a weird mood. Cole's going to take the first half of these questions. I don't know how much I'm going to talk, but I will talk. Okay. First question of the podcast comes from Dr. J54. Have teams started to figure out how to stop Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson? What are those teams doing? No, I mean... They, they can't be good every night. I mean, how many Marquis have the other night? 24? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't know how to stop him. And 
Um, you know, Keontae stops himself. I'm going to just be blunt. He over-penetrates. He doesn't recognize that, okay, I got to get rid of this ball. He continues sometimes to go too deep into a defense and get himself into trouble. He doesn't protect the ball well enough. He exposes it too much on his dribble penetration. Keontae is stopping himself with some easy corrections. Um, And honestly, other guys have got to step up. I mean, things got solved when Cam Carter got off to the fast start, and then nobody else really stepped up after that. Keontae... Had 15 points, but boy, that wasn't easy. Gilsey had to work for everything. But when you're that good, you're going to have to work. And and uh, I think he's going to be fine. Every time this team's lost, all three times, they've adjusted. They've learned something from it and grown out of it. Getting up and down the court is... I wouldn't call it this team's bread and butter, but that's how they score. And, you know, we saw it in the first half early on against Iowa State. <clears throat> this team was really forced to just play its its half-court offense, and things didn't go well other than Cam Carter making some early baskets. And so I think if these guys can, you know, like Keontae Johnson, if you get him one-on-one in a fast break, he's more often than not going to score. And, and same thing with Marquise Noel. He's got that speed to get around, up and around, you know, defenders. So, I, I don't think K-State's getting figured out with Noel and Johnson. I think it's becoming pretty clear that Kansas State's going to have to be a team that, you know, pushes the ball up pretty fast. So I don't think it's a problem with Noel or Johnson. Like, yeah, they've had a few bad games in Big 12 play, but by and large, they're carrying this team. And I think the question really is not about Noel and Johnson. It's who's going to be at a third score that consistently steps up because, you know, because it has been Sills, it's been Masood, it's been Carter, you know, early on in Ames, but consistently like Naquan Tomlin just hasn't been there. So these, these two guys need some help. Do we think that there needs to be somebody who's a consistent third score or do they just need to have somebody on any given night be that consistent third score? Because I think we're at the point in the season where you can expect you're going to get 15 points at the bare minimum from Keontae Johnson. In fact, every single game this season, minus two games, he scored more than 12 points. So what does that say? I mean, that he, he has a chance to, to score a lot of points every night. Um, Marquise Noel, he had the four-point effort against Kansas. Um, other than that, I mean, this is a guy who recently has been scoring 15-plus points every single night. I think that's also something that he can continue to do. I think it's a matter of getting that third person, um, rather it be Desi Sills, who had an off night against Iowa State, rather it be Naquan Tomlin, or even a Cam Carter. There has to be somebody that is that third scorer, and K-State has to play their game. I think what Iowa State showed me was that they can play a different style of game, and if the ball bounces one way or another, they're going to have a chance to win. I mean, this was a this was a game where Iowa State played their brand of basketball. I tweeted it out. I feel like I was watching a Bruce Weber team. I mean, Iowa State completely turned it into a rock fight, especially in the first half, and K-State was leading at the end of that first half somehow. So, I mean, this K-State team can win different ways. I'm not too discouraged by um, that game up in Ames simply because you lost on the road to the number 12 team in the country. You play them in Bramlage or you play them in Kansas City. That game probably looks a whole lot different. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not worried. I don't think teams have figured out. Noel and Johnson, I think that these are two still probably two of the best five players in the league um, overall. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't really think that they've figured them out per se. That it? That's all the thoughts we have? What's the next question? Uh, (laughs) Hold on. I I might have one more thing, but I don't want to step into it. It's about rebound. Yeah. you got to rebound the ball, Lou. Go ahead. All right. That's well done. Go ahead and read this. From Momo Cat, 
how does K-State get better at rebounding? It seemed like Iowa State won because all of their points were second chance points. I'm assuming there's not a points in there. I because of all of their second oh. chance points. Here we go. Uh, this is something I've, I've done a lot of radio between um, this game on Saturday and today. Was it Saturday? Or Tuesday. <laughs> When the days run together. It was Tuesday. on Tuesday. Losing it. Today's Thursday. You're losing it. I've, I don't even know that I had it to lose. I think it was already lost, and I think the gerbil quit its job. I think it just left, and the little hamster wheel in my brain is shutting down. Second chance points, 17-7 to 7, Iowa State. Uh, points off of turnovers, 25-13. to 13. Um, And I, I got to admit, I've covered a lot of basketball Um that means I'm old. Uh, but uh, when you have three big men play a total of uh, there's the four, uh, 72 minutes in this game, mm. three guys that are 6'9 and over played 70, 72 minutes. And they had no effing rebounds. Could one of the four of us, hypothetically, if we got put into the game for five minutes... Just kind of hang around and have a ball bounce to us, <laughs> or would we get blocked out? And nobody, or do they just not care about us? We, we would not get a rebound in five minutes. I, I think we would. Right I'm with Fitz. I, I think I'd take over, would. over 0.5 rebounds. <sighs> I think we would. It's not an NBA game where you can just camp out and everybody runs down and oh, you're the guard. I you think get Gills, the rebound. Gills, how tall are you? Six three. On a good day, sure. You, you see, shoes. you're like the. I mean, there are going to be guards that are your size, so you might be able to luck into a rebound. But yeah, I don't think the three Thanks. of us have a. I've never. Fitz has the body build. Thank you. The box out. I, I appreciate you admiring my body. Um, I, I've never seen this happen before, and I've covered some really crappy basketball through the years at Kansas State. Last year was close. I, but I've never seen anything like this happen. I didn't know actually it was possible. This is kind of like, um, can you imagine what the odds would be if this was on a parlay? Uh, Keontae Johnson to score 16 and a half points or more. Uh, Marquise Noel to have six and a half more assists. Mm -hmm. And none of the K-State bigs to have a rebound. <laughs> Plus 7,500. No, that's, that's impossible. That can't happen. So this is my point. Kansas State didn't play well um, in so many areas of this game. We talked about Keontae Johnson um, struggling during this game. He ended up 6-12 from the field, but uh, those five turnovers kind of jump out at you. Uh, there was a number of things about this game I didn't like. I didn't like the way the team responded at certain stretches, but they did rise up and they kept kind of clawing back. Your rebounding was awful. They scored in the paint too easily. The defense was too forgiving, and they had too many open shots. That the Iowa State guards hit. This is one of the worst K-State efforts I've seen in a while. They did this at the 12th-ranked team's home court, and they lost by four points. I, I think that just tells you how good this team can be, that they can play so far below expectations and possibility they have such a higher level of play that they can put out there and yet a very good iowa state team this is in no way degrading iowa state i think they're very good barely beat k-state in fact a couple possessions away from the end i thought maybe k-state would hit that shot they didn't hit the shot 
And according to the announcers, you should never hit a three, go for a three pointer, even when you're down by three in the final <laughs> seconds. Or you should miss the free throw when you're down by four. Well, not the second of the third free yeah, throw. You should miss that throw. one. Guys, being Was at that? the game made you miss the announcers that were uh-huh. so incredibly bad. It was unbelievable. They, Schallenberg, the, he's a cheese ball. They, the stuff they were saying just was awful. It just, like, literally, they said Marquise Noel needed to miss the second free throw in the three, three attempts. Really? Well, you didn't want to miss the third free throw either. <laughs> Chris Spatula or whatever his name Spatola, was. Spatola. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy. Uh, no, it's Spatula. I'm going with that. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. But I'm just saying, I think this team will learn from this and get better, but it also emphasizes this point. They got to get David Gasson back, and they got to get him back healthy. And honestly, I don't want it to be Saturday or next Tuesday or next week or the week after. I want it to be when he's 100% and isn't going to pop in and then have to go back out. Like, he played against Kansas, right? Briefly? Uh, Texas Tech. Texas Texas Tech. He played against Texas Tech. And then he didn't play at Iowa State, which didn't make sense to me. So it means it must be aggravated. Either that or they're doing what you said, which I, I... Would probably tend to lean into that more. It's basketball. You are going to have to lose every game down the stretch to not get in the NCAA tournament at this point. You're going to get in the NCAA tournament. You're going to get into the Big 12 tournament. I think everyone does. It's pretty safe you're going to get in. (laughs) So get him ready to play when it counts the most, and let's go. But, boy, they do need him back. They lacked him horribly. And keep in mind, it's not like David Gasson is a big bruiser, but he is active, he is fast, and uh, he, he plays awfully hard. And as much as I love Ish, Big 12-ish, 13 points, four or five three-pointers, you got to have him on the court, right? Well, I would like to go back, but I'm not going to, and boil down those last possessions, how many damn points he gave up with absolutely dreadful defense. And I think a lot of that had to do because he had four fouls. Didn't want to foul. That's Which, great. how do you get in that position in the first place? Right. Right. Yep. right. I'm with you. Uh, next question. I, real real oh, quick, sorry. I'll say this. I'm having Austin Budkey on the Friday shoot around, and I'm going to ask him after we record. This will be live on Friday by the time you're listening to this. But nice promo. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But Budkey's not the most athletic guy in the world, and what? he played <laughs> the Beloit native. Right? He played meaningful minutes in the Big Twelve, and I don't think he got bullied as bad as Ishmasu did down low on Tuesday night in Ames. So. Uh, you know, I don't know what his answer will be, but there's got to be something that you can do, whether that's just being stronger or denying that entry, playing harder, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I think this K-State team is going to get the rebounding stuff corrected down low. But, boy, it was bad on, on Tuesday. I'll say this before I ask the next question. Marquise Noel plays some of the best post defense on the team. I don't know if, like, when you watch him in person, the way he fronts the, the big man and, and denies the ball. If Marquise Noel was 6'5", he might be a pretty good post player mm-hmm. with it. So that's just my two cents. Uh, the next question comes from SES underscore ref cat. This is not a question about the referees. Okay. Uh, looking at the remaining schedules for the top teams in the conference, is it possible that the champ could have five losses? And how do you see the cats ending up? That's a lot of losses. Did you guys see that analytics? It, yeah. That predicted like seven, 11 and seven the is the champion. What? That's what the computer says. What's the computer now? I well, I mean, it's not like computers can write speeches can, and stuff. They can write a lot of stuff, as <laughs> we found out. Um, One of these teams will catch fire. Yeah. Towards the end of the season. This stretch K-State's in, 
just when you think the Big 12 is ridiculous, it gets more absurd. I mean, after the Florida game, it's what, Kansas, TCU, and Texas? Mm-hmm. Kansas, Texas, TCU. Yeah. Get it right, Fitz. Come on. But to, a, to hey, the look, three games. Accuracy right. has never been something I've sought. I've sought cookies. I like cookies. Go ahead. I was going to say all three of those games are in the state of Kansas, and two of the three games are at home. Well, one's in Lawrence. You could, that's, that's my point. That's but basically like, Missouri because it's uh, a KC yeah, metro. Yeah, it's part of the airport. Yeah. It's by, right by the airport. Yeah. If you actually look at the schedule, though, K-State probably has the most favorable, favorable schedule in the Big 12 the rest of the way because you have these three games. If uh, Assuming K-State beats Florida, that obviously gives them a non-conference win. But if K-State can win – find a way to win two of those next three games they are in the driver's seat because then they get to play texas tech i mean not obviously no night is a guaranteed win but k-state should win that game they get to play oklahoma twice they get to play iowa state at home they play baylor at home they still get to play oklahoma state in west virginia now both those games are on the road but like the bottom half of the conference is awaiting k-state after these three games which i mean they could realistically win all of those what is that however many is that seven games um, after those three games. And I think that they would win the conference if that were to be the case. I would agree. Hey, can we agree on something else? That if K-State beats Florida on Saturday, I get the nickname Gator. Why? Are you a good chef? Uh, Just because I would like to be named Gator. Look, I've had a nickname my whole life, but it's like, you know. It's just your name? Right. You have to make me dinner and we have to sit at the table. And then Zach has to be the one that gets really mad and storms out of the dining room. (laughs) Only Fitz understands that reference. Uh, But I want to be Gator. Look, I was born in Florida. I could be Gator. Okay. Do you even remember the question? No. It was about five losses or something. Yeah. So do you think five losses or no? I think 14 and four wins the conference. Outright. It gives K State two more losses. What at KU? I think they drop one elsewhere. And I think thirteen and five might win it outright for someone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it is thirteen and five, K State's in the driver's seat. But but ev- everybody's in the driver's seat. Losing three more. Everybody's in the driver's that's seat. That's incredible. If, like, There's that's six teams the within one game. Yeah, that is true. It's it's amazing. It's ridiculous. Who's most likely? Besides, let's take K State out of the equation. Who's most likely to go on a run? You mentioned that, Ryan. I'm I'm curious. I'd say Baylor for sure. Just given Baylor's how poorly hot. it started the season, Baylor's well, going to go on a run. Th- th- and they're they young, right like Scott Drew said when we were in Waco. They're young, and you can tell they're growing up. Yeah. And even Bill Self thinks their guards are better than his. They're so much better than us. That was amazing. Somebody somebody said maybe he thought they said they're so much bigger than us, but that wouldn't make really that much sense. But mm-hmm. specific I think, point. I think <clears throat> I think KU is probably the one that I don't expect. To go on in any sort of run, they're kind it's of it's KU. They do this all the time. But you that's know? what we said when it was like, oh, KU versus Baylor. Who it's is going on DraftKings? Who, who is going take? to score the ball for Kansas? You take Jalen Wilson out of the mix, and sure, Grady Dick has had his moments. I'm not. I'm not fully bought in on him being the leading scorer or a leading scorer if Jalen Wilson has an off night. Besides those two guys, ain't nobody on on that court that can score the ball. I'm sorry. Dewan Harris is afraid to shoot the basketball, and Kevin McCullough looks like he got his talent taken from Space Jam. So, I mean, again, it's just one of those things. KU is not going on a run. I think K-State wins in Lawrence. They have the better team. Right. You know, this is my thing, and, and I'm not looking at this as an opportunity to take shots at Kansas. Not, not what I'm doing. But I, I 
I've always said this about Kansas is that they've always had two things that have made them really difficult and plays right into how Bill Self likes to coach. He can coach other ways. He's coached without a big man before, but when he's got a rim protector, that allows everyone on the outside to begin to take chances, and then they get those fast break points, and they get the rhythm going, and and that kind of turns things because they can take chances because they got someone on the back end that won't let you get to the rim. They don't have that this year. The other thing Kansas always has had, and they don't have, and we mentioned it in terms of Kansas State a little bit earlier in the show, they always have a third dude. They always have, not a rotating dude, they always have a third dude. They don't. Not even close to a third dude. Uh, they don't even have a rotating one right now. No. They don't have enough s- team scoring. They've got one guy that's really good and one guy who can shoot it from a long distance. Um, guy's a really big dick, though. Um, and then uh, you're going to make me take that out, aren't you? Uh, no. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then uh, then they got some guys. And I'll be really honest. Some of these guys are bringing in off the bench would have never played for the University of Kansas in recent years. Never seen the court. They're bad. They wouldn't play at K-State. They would not play at K-State. And I think that's what Bill Self is looking at when he looks at Baylor and TCU and Kansas State. Holy crap. They're more athletic than us. They're better than us. And I really honestly think only two things have saved Kansas from a colossal meltdown. One is the amazing number of calls I get in Allen Fieldhouse down the stretch that can't be explained and doesn't happen for anyone else. And I'm sorry you can throw all your stats at me you want, but the number of free throws you shot against Oklahoma and Iowa State is unfathomable. You can't hit a basket? Okay, we'll let you go to the free throw line a bunch. And the other is Bill Self because he's an outstanding coach. And they, maybe, maybe have they had a game in Allen Fieldhouse in conference play that has been thorough, no. wire to wire? KU can win it, or KU is no. absolutely hundred percent winning no. this game. No, no, and they that's another thing. They just don't. That's why K State's going to win. They haven't. Well, every game's been close this year. I, and I, I'll say this: after K State beat them, uh, I didn't see the TCU game because we were covering our game, the game we were working with. Um, but then I, I watched other parts of the Baylor game. Guys ain't getting the same calls. And and you can read KU Twitter, and they're upset about the refs screwing them. No, actually, you're kind of getting even calls right now. This is what everyone goes up against, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. This is how teams have to try to win games. You don't get every call. You just – you don't. It's, it's amazing to watch this happen because this isn't just – I. People are like, well, KU's lost three in a row. This never happened. They're going to lose a lot more. I, I, because there just isn't, it's not like they're missing a guy that's going to step on the court and be, make them better. I'm, 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 I'm amazed by this. They can lose their next four games. They play at Kentucky. I think they'll beat Kentucky. I think Kentucky is not as good. They as got they have a matchup been. issue in the paint. They do. That's true. She is going to feast. And he yeah. destroyed them last year. Um, but I, I think KU wins that game. But then they play K State. They go to Iowa State, and then they get Texas at home. They can lose all three of those games. And honestly, I don't think it would shock anybody if they lost all three of those games. The lines will probably be within four points for all three of those games. So, I mean, take that for what it is. Mm. I'm not. I'm not buying this, guys. I'm sorry. They've got Bill Self, and and that's all you need. I understand no, I everything you no. said. That the calls, the officiating. 
their players are weak. But until case until KU is eliminated from the title contention, I'm still giving them a chance. That's as much fine. As I hate to say that. That's fine, but I think they're going to be the first team to be eliminated from this. Title. I, of this I group hope of you're right, but. Bill Self is just, the guy that gets them their points. I think TCU might be one that falls off just because it's TCU and they have they have to prove themselves, but I really don't believe in this KU team. For the first time in probably my lifetime, I've never seen a KU team that I don't think is going to do anything. And I don't, I don't think Iowa State has the type of play to sustain the night in, night out, consistency, winning like K State can win different kinds of games. We've seen them win right. games in the hundreds. We've seen them win games in the sixties. Iowa State won a game where they scored eighty points, but usually if they give up seventy six, they're probably not going to win that game. Yeah. So I'm not sure Iowa State can do that, and I'm not fully bought in on TCU just because of Jamie Dixon. I think Baylor is that team. I think Texas has the talent, but is the coaching staff ready to be in that position? That's why I think yeah, K State has think, a great shot. I think next Saturday. K-State versus Texas. I think that will be the the decider of who is in the driver's seat for the rest of the for the rest of February and March. It'll be a great game. Yeah, I I, I think the conference is just amazing. KU's down and they're going to pay the price for it this year. I do agree with Gills. I mean, Bill Self's an amazing coach, but I come back to this. You know why K-State beat Kansas in Bramlage Coliseum? It's because for so many years. Bill Self has got his team four, six, eight points out of timeouts. Whether it's an inbounds play or a design set piece coming off the bench to throw the alley-oop. This game, they got those points, but so did Kansas State. No more throw it into the backcourt and let's set up a crappy half-court offense. Now it's let's go. Let's try to score off this inbounds. And let's design our own play off the sideline to try to get Two points at a critical point. For the first time in many years, at least 10, there was a coach matching wits with Bill Self in game. And that's where KU usually gets an advantage. We can talk about officials all you want, but when your coach is, is mapping out six points a game from the sideline, how many games are decided by less than that? most in this conference and what have they done in the past they've won most mm-hmm. last question of the first half of the podcast comes from 3g wildcat great question will this be, will this be the most wide open big 12 basketball tournament that we've seen in a long time yeah yeah um i'm looking forward to next year because there'll be 14 schools and so they're gonna have to have a like a day earlier date too or they'll play no. the championship on Sunday, right? Yeah, they will. Won't they? Uh, you got to get to the 12th? Yes, yeah, you got to no, get to... No, maybe not. No, they'll just have two Two buys. more games. Yeah, the buys have, will be shorter. But they'll have to have an extra session on the first day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wednesday will be... Four games. It'll be just like before when there were 12 teams. It's just there's extra... But there'll only be two buys instead yeah, of Yeah, there's only two buys. Yeah. I take that back, but it's going to be chaos. It'll be a blast. So who... I mean, I, I'm with you. I think this will be crazy, but I almost can see this tournament just being chalk. Like, it's either going to be completely crazy and everything is going to be completely out of whack, or, like, as far as teams... Teams are not going to be separated by much. So, like, if a team has five conference losses and a team has six conference losses, sure, like... 
it might be a quote unquote upset, but that team might have already beaten the other team twice. You know, so like I don't think that the results are going to be surprising. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I don't think that you're going to have a West Virginia make a run like they did a few years ago to the championship game. I think your top six schools that are that are competing for the top of the conference are going to be the six or I guess the four that are in the semifinals and somebody will emerge from that. That's that's kind of what I feel. So, I mean, it'll be fun because, sure, there might be some quote unquote upsets and you might have a five seed in the championship game. But I don't think that would anybody would surprise anybody if Kansas finishes fifth in the conference and plays in the conference championship game, or Iowa State. Which honestly, would we really be surprised if Iowa State won another conference championship and get bounced in the first round in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, guys, but uh, I like going to Kansas City. I like basketball. And you like me? Anyhow, I like going to Kansas City. And you I like, like a basketball. certain hotel? Um, well. Yeah, but we won't be at that hotel, will we? It's up to you, I guess. No, well, no, we won't be. <laughs> Can we just stay at a casino? How about at a? I think what he's getting at is he likes to eat at a certain establishment that has a uh, stack on top of a guy's name. I don't know. Do they even have a stack there at the Jack Stack Freight House location? I don't think so. <laughs> I want my money back. I don't even know what point you were trying to make. That was, interrupt that was actually what I was trying <laughs> yeah. to get to. I was uh, Colt's been around me long enough, knows that was going to be all about barbecue and carrot cake and cheesy corn. I got to go to break. I'll be back. Um, the guys will too. Just come back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast. We've been talking barbecue in the break there. It was it was so good. Not the barbecue, the talk. Well, we didn't have it. Anyhow, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, and two dogs that are currently behaving. I just jinxed it. Make sure whenever you come to town, you stop at the fridge. Say hi to Kevin and the gang over at the fridge. They will take care of all of your needs. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Now, actually, uh, if you got a question about beer... Or like spirits, not ghosts. Mike might know something about ghosts, uh, but like alcohol spirits, wine, you know, uh, any kind, any cigars, cigars. I always forget the cigars. Ask them. Ask them. They, they've got answers for all of this. They're like life coaches, but with alcohol and smokes involved. Okay. The fridge at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. All right. Here we go. Cole's taking over again. I will. Uh, Next question. First question in the second half, I should say, comes from Itam BB. Be ready. You might gasp when you hear this one. Um, If you can add one player from last year to this year's squad between Nigel Pack and Davion Bradford, who would you like to see and why? Davion. No. No, he couldn't play this brand of basketball. 
Now, it, I agree with you that it on paper it sounds fine, but he's not capable <clears throat> playing this kind of basketball. If Davion Bradford was on this roster right now and he fully bought in and he did the necessary work that this staff does require, he would make K-State a legitimate like Final Four contender. Like I'd place my money to make the Final Four. If Davion Bradford was a good five, Cole, you don't know what you're talking about if you disagree with me. You guys all think this is a dumb question. No, I, I don't. Davion Bradford, we saw Nigel Pack's ceiling. We saw how good he could be. He yeah. could hit open shots. That's about it. Davion Bradford, we saw how bad he could be. If you give, if you put him in a good system with Tang and Malgi, all these guys, Dowling, Perry, he would be a 10 times better player here under this staff. And Kansas State lost the game against Iowa State. Because it didn't have a true five player down low to play center. If Davion Bradford, if, if, this is if he buys in. If he plays the way he did last year, then absolutely it's Nigel Pack. But if he were to stay and buy in, he'd be a, he'd be such a key player to this team. I feel like if you had Nigel, you'd have a better Desi Sills. But also, you probably don't have Marquise the way that Marquise is either. So I don't. It's a tough question to answer, I guess. But I'd probably still go with Nigel. I, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if Davion's body is was physically capable of de- meeting the demands that this staff requires out of the team. And that's not saying that he wouldn't be a good basketball player, but I don't think that his body has physically allowed him at 7 foot 270 pounds to be able to move and do the things that these guys want to do simply because he plays a brand of basketball where He's almost dependent upon, or he was almost dependent upon, the half court. And this team, when they have success, doesn't play in the half court. Davion Bradford right now at Wake Forest under Steve Forbes is averaging 2.8 points a game with two rebounds. And I'm not saying that to give him a slight because I think that, first of all, I think Davion was a a super nice young kid. And I think that he had a lot of potential. He just never fully realized it. I don't know if he will realize it. Not to say he wouldn't with Tang, but... When you have when you compare him to what Nigel Pack was last year and even starting to be at Miami, that is a guy who shoots the ball extremely well. Nigel Pack would be what Cam Carter is right now and maybe shoot the ball a little bit better. So that's not to say that the team would be any different. And I think you're right, Zach. I don't think Marquise plays the same type of way. But I just think that I don't think Davion would physically be able to play in this system. Now, if he did, no. I would agree with you, but I don't think that he physically can. I get what Gilds is saying defensively, what he could bring to the team. I think he would handicap the team in other areas, though, um, you know, with the ability to get up and down the court, the pick-and-roll game. And and I like Davion a lot. He came in in shape as a freshman and had a good season. Since then, he has either been too injured or too, I don't want to say soft, I mean too not bought in to get himself into the kind of shape you need to be to be a Division One athlete. He goes to Wake Forest. He's averaging 10 minutes a game. He still shoots well from the, the field, 73%. He's taken 19 Goodness. shots. I, 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 yeah. I'll just say this. Uh, I would not want either one of those guys in hindsight. It's easy to say, Nigel. It really is. But... I think the the kind of rolling impact that would have, Keontae might not come. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of overall impact. I'm going to pick someone off of last year's roster that I think would help this team right now. 
And I think Ryan Gilbert is reading my mind, and he knows who it is. It's Luke Kazuki. It's not Luke. No. <laughs> Come on. You're going to say Carlton? No. No. Siri. He's going to say Selton Miguel. No, I think Selton would have fit well with this team. I do. I think that was one. But, it, you know, he was the first one to say, I'm out of here. So good for you, Selton. I think he would have thrived in this in this uh, system. Logan Landers. Yep. If he didn't say it, I was going to say that. Yeah. And, and the reason why is we never saw him developed. We don't know how he was going to develop. But the one kid that I felt like continued to work on his game last year in the midst of everything going wrong was Logan Landers. He was out there after every game shooting the ball. And he had the frame to possibly be able to defend better than some of these other guys. But He's uh, coachable and he worked hard. Yep, I, that's he, exactly it. He probably would have redshirted this year. If I were to guess, I mean, he's not getting a lot of minutes at Grand Canyon where he's at right now. And they kind of screwed him over last year, quite honestly, mm-hmm. by not redshirting him. So, I, yeah, I think, he, I think he is another one who can fit the type of play that this staff wants. I mean, but seriously, though, guys, who would have thought that Ishmael would have taken the step that he's taken offensively? This season, I mean, he's been great offensively, but defensively, he's been a liability. I, I just totally disagree with the people that are raving about how well he played at Iowa State. Yeah, he shot the ball. Yeah, he shot the. Ball. He was a, he was a mess. Everything else in the in the game, that's exactly why you can't put him on the court. I don't care how many points you score. If you give up more points than you can score, you're not helping the team. Would you agree? It is a, a lot easier to learn to play defense than to learn how to shoot the ball effectively. No, I agree with that. So I think that's where the silver lining is with Masood. Like, if he can continue to work on his defense at some point, it might not even be this year, but he will be a productive player because he has that capability to score the ball. I think kind of along the same lines of this question, going back to this, kind of like the Nigel Pack thing. Like, was he a terrible defender? Sure. But could he have learned how to do that? Yeah, I just don't think Davion possessed the capability to be able to do that in the first place. I just don't think... Ish gives a crap about defense. That also could be a realistic I mean, it's kind of like uh, uh, he's he's a math whiz, but is failing history and English, and he's going to flunk out of school. But he's getting A-pluses in math. And it's just, you got it. Coach Tang says it. There's there's no platooning. You don't get to put in a different group on defense like you do football. You got to play both, and he's not. Mm-hmm. They got to get that fixed. Because right? Ish could really help this team. But he can't do the things on the other end of the floor that he was doing. It was pathetic. The last thing I'll say with Davion, though, like Weber always mentioned, oh, he had strep throat. You know, he had this injury. There was always something that... Davion Bradford couldn't go in and give it his all in practice, and we saw that on the court. Like, I get all that, but if he was a part of this team right now with Tang, he'd be giving it 100% every day, right? Like, they canceled practice after their uh, win against KU because he didn't like the energy, right? Like, you got to be locked in each and every day. And so we would see a totally different Davion Bradford if he had good coaching. Next question comes from GT Cat. It sounds odd to say, but how grateful should we be to Gene Taylor for not hiring Brent Venables or Brad Underwood? Could it be possible that Kleiman and Tang are even more K-State than those alums? Things work out in life. Things work out in life. Yeah, I don't know that Brent Venables was, I mean, they made a pitch to him and Brent was never coming back. Brent, I'm just going to say Brent wanted the easy job. And he found out there isn't one. <laughs> right? I mean, That's a good way of putting it. I think he wanted the, the big 
honking tradition and the big fan base and the big donors for the NIL and big everything. And he's got big problems because six and six will get you fired. So you better get that going pretty quick. You better put a fire hose in his mouth and say go, as he said at Big 12 Media Days. Fully inserted. And, yeah, I mean, I'm – K-Stater's got to be overjoyed with these two coaches. Just class people, um, really good people. They both have reached out to me with my current situation uh, privately. Um, you know, just Coach Snyder has. I mean, K-State's about the people, and these are two really good people. and They feel like they should be here, and because of that, I don't think either one of them are going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to take a specific type of job for either one of them to, to move on, and, and that's not – an equivalent of Oklahoma or a Texas basketball. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, I, I think it's going to take some other things and, you know, I'm not going to say money isn't the motivator. Cause, uh, if you offer me $9 million a year, I will be hosting a KU basketball podcast <laughs> here tomorrow. Uh, but, um, I, I don't think it's the overriding concern with these guys. Brad Underwood's probably very happy that K-State basketball is having the success it's oh, having. Oh, nobody's right? happier about the success K-State's having than Brad. But I mean, that's, at the Venables, end of the day. Is yeah. football, do you think he's really following from afar? No. Yeah. No. No, he's yeah, – maybe that just comes from your coaching in the conference. But, yeah, yeah I agree. So they're kind of two different <clears throat> scenarios. I think Kleiman and Tang are both fully, fully now K-Staters. I mean, Tang hasn't even been here for a year, but I mean, it's not even worth the the breath to talk about everything he's done. We could sit here for hours upon hours and talk about everything that he's done for the university, and it hasn't even been a year. But I mean, now Kleiman really starts to. I I think for fans who were questionable, you know, the Big Twelve title, there were still fans fans that were questionable even even after he had all that success. But the Big Twelve title has cemented him as a K Stater and. I don't want this to sound bad, but even if he does go somewhere else, there he's still going to be a K-Stater. Right. Like I feel the same way. I feel that strongly about Kleiman. Now, Tang, if he bolts after one season, maybe you look at it differently. I don't think that's going to happen. I know that's not going to happen. But both these guys are K-Staters now. And it takes a lot to do that, but I think they've already accomplished that. I think that you can look at Brent Venables or Brad Underwood and say, yeah, sure, it might be nice seeing now that they're not having – as great success as they may once have, at least K-Staters may have dreamed of, of them having a K-State. But I just, I think it's, it's okay to say we have it great. And it's also okay to say, you know what? I think Brad would have been a, would have done a fine job. I think Brent would have done a fine job. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the, the reality of the situation is K-State did win in those coaching hires but i don't think we need to be overly grateful to gene for not hiring different guys yeah no it's you know like i don't, I don't want that negativity i, I don't mean to sound right. like jerome tang but it yeah like I, brad would have been fine as the coach at k-state mm -hmm. yes maybe not brent venables but i think he could have done a fine job replacing bill snyder if it came down to that yeah i'm happy with where we're at and i don't need to look back at where we could have been I'm trying not to look back at where we were, and that's hard enough for me. I get a little bitter still. But as I told someone in the tunnel, someone walked up to me before, maybe the Kansas game, I don't remember, and, and said, how fun is this? And I go, I feel like I had to go through 10 years 
And yeah, there was two Big 12 titles in there, but for me, most of what happened over those 10 years were negative to the history of Kansas State basketball. Mm -hmm. We had to go through that entire process to end up with Jerome Tang as as an institution. And if I look at it that way, I feel better about things. Sometimes you got to go through the suffering to get to the good part. Sometimes you got to walk through the storm to get to the sunshine, and boy, we walk through it. Next question comes from El Camino Cat. When will the Big 12 announce a football schedule for 2023? Is it even happening? I don't know that we're going to have a football schedule in 2023. I think the week before the game, you'll get the six-day notice. And not about who's televising the game, about who the game is. Hmm. You're just going to get a notice. It's like the playoffs. Saying Texas is approved of you playing this team this weekend. Or the COVID year. We're in high school. I don't know if you guys knew this, but during the COVID season, high school football teams would cancel because of, like, COVID. And there'd be three days. Oh, we need a game on Friday. Oh. So that's how you end up with Lewisburg playing Rock Creek out of all schools. It's going to be like that for the big time. I don't know. Someone posted a rumor. College would do that, too, not just high school. Yeah, true. Someone posted a rumor that Oklahoma, Texas are refusing to go to any of the new schools. And I'm wondering, why do they have a say? Can you just kick them out at that point? I I mean, you put it on the schedule. Uh, I don't know what the problem is here. The conference as a whole should vote on these schedules. And if it's 12 to 2 or even if it's 8 to 2 among the existing members – uh, the problem is Texas has nobody voting with them anymore. Why would Texas? Why, it's, this what's is funny. Is that none of the new Oklahoma, are that good. Oklahoma and Texas approved the new members. That's true. They voted yes on yep. letting them come into the conference. And guess what? It they overlap. They agreed to this. I, it, it overlaps. It's too bad. At some point, Brett Yarmark is going to have to say, "Well, here are the schedules." If uh, you choose not to play one of the games, you will forfeit, and we will sue the living crap out of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so will the new networks that hold our TV rights. Uh, this is what I don't understand. I mean, I get the principle. They think they're getting screwed or whatever. Well, but you know what? You are. Yeah. I don't sure. care if, if you are or not. I'm, not, I'm just going to say it. You deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it. You decided this yourselves. But why would they not want to? Why would they not want to play them? UCF is not going to be very good. Houston is not going to be very good. Cincinnati has a brand new coach. And and who who am I forgetting? BYU, BYU is going to be, uh, again, they'll probably be average. Baylor beat them last year. So, or they barely beat Baylor last year. So, like, it's not like any, it's not like they're bringing in Ohio State. If I'm, if K-State, you should want to go play those schools oh, because that should probably be a win, right? Like, they're scared. Look, OU wasn't very good this year. They're probably the one that's more scared than Texas, let's be real. Yeah, if OU has to go to, let's say they have to play all four like I propose that they should, and they have to go to uh, BYU and get their ass kicked on a a nationally televised late-night game and go to Central Florida and, and the bounce house just rocks them, and Oklahoma football, as they're preparing to move to the SEC, has losses to BYU and UCF. Uh, I see what they're saying, that we have a lot to lose here. Then don't lose the game. Yeah, give them the the birds on the way out. uh, You kind of emphasize to me that you're admitting that you've kind of had the fix in on this conference. And maybe last year, now the last couple of years, you haven't had that fix in. Shouldn't it be the attitude if you're Texas or OU like, oh, you're bringing in these teams to replace us. We're going to go kick the snot out of them and give you the double birds as we go to the SEC. I don't know what's going on with the schedule, if that's really it or if there's something else here. Uh, I tend to believe that there might be serious discussions about them trying to get out of the conference this year. 
I don't know how that would work. I'm fine with that. Um, I, in fact, I, I, I did a daily delivery on this. I'm not sure why Brett Yormark doesn't say, look, we're either going to make a schedule with you as part of the conference or without you as part of the conference. And we'll be glad to fill your schedule for you so you don't you have a full schedule. But you're not going to be part of the conference. You're not going to play in the Big 12 title game. You're not going to be in the standings. None of that. I, I think you're to the point now with these these jokesters that you're like, look, either you're in the conference or you're out. And if you're in the conference, you don't get your way every time. Nobody has except you, Texas. You've gotten your way every time on every issue because you made sure the conference stayed at 10 so that you had four votes in Texas and you had Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That's why you didn't want two more schools in. You wanted to make sure you always had a a majority voting block. Well, you just shattered your own voting block. Nobody wants to vote with you anymore. And you're on your own. How does it feel? Because that's what it's going to feel like in the SEC every time. Nobody will care about your feelings. Have fun. Very good. Last question of the podcast. We ended on a football note. Will DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward be able to reproduce the production of Deuce Vaughn? Could the offense be less predictable without Vaughn? thought this was a section a question about them being able to reproduce mm. like that i don't know I'm not i don't think they'll answer. actually be physically able to reproduce why, why, why are you asking me that um i don't know i i think we make the mistake of thinking that the offense is going to look exactly like this now who does the deuce things and that's not it's just not They're, they'll do some other things in this offense you know they might use them in a two-back set more than what we saw um, with you know a legitimate threat to be a two-back set. I'm not sure. I think the offense will be fine. It, again, I go back to the Kansas City Chiefs. So much was Tyree Kill-centric in that offense, and now they don't have him. And is the offense quite as flashy? Well, probably not. But what's the record again? What game are they playing in this weekend? What seed were they? So I, I think K-State has a real opportunity to be really good and um, I think those two guys will will not let the running back spot be a downgrade. So, give or take, this is rough math. DJ Giddens had 90 carries for 500 yards this year, and Treshawn Ward had 95 carries for 600 yards this year. So... Basically, they ran. They had 200 carries for 1,100 or 200 carries for 1,100 yards. Deuce Vaughn carried it roughly 300 times for 1,500 yards. Okay, so what was Deuce's yards per carry? So Deuce's yards per carry was 5.3. He had in total 293 and 1558. What was DJ's? And DJ rushed for 5.8 yards per carry, and Treshawn Ward rushed for 6.6. So. Between those two guys, I think you'll see very similar rushing yardages to what Deuce did. Now, they might not. But let's back up. Deuce had the lowest yards per carry. Out of all three of those guys. Like, that's my point. Deuce's magic wasn't on a down-by-down basis. It was. He was a home run hitter. Right. It was the run against Alabama. DJ gets run down. I mean, we can all agree on that. Um, I don't, I'm still not sure how Deuce can run down. He should have been, but Deuce just kind of – I still can't figure out what he did. At the very end, he, like, turned his hips to make himself a little bit different target than the guy leapt at, and then he 
launched, and it was amazing. Deuce has such body awareness. Um, and, and defenses were able to focus on K-State's running game. And I think this will diversify things a little bit better. So, I mean, Trishon Ward can catch the ball out of the backfield. And so can DJ. And so can DJ. DJ made a great catch earlier this year. I think the season. they're going to throw the ball a lot to their, more to their running backs than they did this year to Deuce. Yeah. I mean, last year, the Deuce's first two years on campus, it almost kind of felt like they had to throw him the ball because they didn't really trust him to, that much as a, to be an every down consistent running back. You we know? didn't want to keep him in blocking. Right. And that changed this year. Right. But, I mean, I, from what I've seen from Trishon Ward, I mean, fans are going to be ecstatic with this kid because he is the real deal and and DJ Giddens has next level size at the running back position. I mean, both of these both of these guys can end up being, you know, not I wouldn't say all conference performers, but some of the better players on offense. And with eight returning starters on the offensive side, I mean, we're not even talking about every single offensive lineman coming back, and that's not to mention the depth they have behind them like these guys are going to put up monster yards this season. Monster yards. So I'll say yes to this question. That'll be my answer. Jack, you got an opinion on this? I, I agree with Cole. Do you don't agree with me? Is that what you, are you saying? You don't. You did don't. you agree with Cole? Yeah, I did. Okay. Then yes. Gills? I agree. Gills, let me ask you this. Who would be the better running back? Nigel Packard, David Ambrose? <laughs> <laughs> Depends, man. Depends who their coaches. Yep. I, you know what? I feel like Dave Brown would be hard to tackle. He'd be very hard to tackle. And if he did, if you did tackle him, you might die because he'd land on you. I cannot imagine Bruce Weber yelling at a football player. Can you imagine him yelling at a football player just every day at practice, and then yelling at the officials like Rashad, Rashad? He'd have to yell even louder. He'd have no voice. And uh, there would be a growing problem with running backs going out of bounds and running over their own head coach. Oops, I did it again. I can tell you Luke Kazuki would be a better running back than either of those two guys. Luke Kazuki would be a better running back or basketball player. That's it for the PowerCat podcast. We're not going to let Gills answer that because Luke's a nice guy and Gills is a jerk. But we love him. We love him a lot. We appreciate you listening. Fitz and Cole and Gills and Zach and Dude and Daphne and the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. You want to pet us all. I know. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Powercat.com.